1: To a new week beginning right here, right now. Live on a Monday morning on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, channel 159. That is the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Sports Grid network as well. I'm Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here Brighton early on a Monday. Hope you had a lovely weekend. A super wild card weekend in the National Football League. The opening round of the NFL playoffs. Two games on Saturday. Three yesterday on a Sunday. Capped off by one final one tonight on a Monday night in Tampa Bay. So five of the six are done. We know what the divisional round looks like with one more spot up for grabs between the Cowboys and the Buccaneers on this Monday And it's super wild card weekend because we saw some super competitive games on a Sunday, even with a few that had large spreads well north of a touchdown, including an AFC North rivalry game on Sunday night in Cincinnati between the Bengals and the Ravens. They met to end out the regular season. Week number 18, home field advantage on the line in the division. No coin toss needed. We know we were going to Cincinnati. But the question going into the game for Baltimore, who was the starting quarterback going to be? As Lamar Jackson himself told us on social media late last week, he was unable to go, ruled out for the game. But Tyler Huntley healthy enough to get the start. And Tyler Huntley kept his Baltimore Ravens around. But ultimately, the Bengals hold on. For a 24-17 victory for Cincinnati to advance into the AFC divisional round. Now, the Bengals were booked as an eight and a half point pregame favorite. They do not cover that number. It was the lowest total of the weekend at 40 and a half, and it goes over by the hook. The Bengals ended the regular season, winners of eight consecutive football games. They make that nine straight to start off the postseason, a 12-4 against the spread record throughout the regular season, the second best in the national football league an 11 and a half point favorite is what the Bengals were to end out the regular season against the ravens but that was anthony brown getting the start tyler huntley got the start on sunday night and it really came down to one critical juncture in the football game early on in the fourth quarter the baltimore ravens goal to go down deep inside cincinnati's two-yard line tyler huntley on a quarterback sneak doesn't go low. He tries to jump and go high. The ball is knocked out. The fumble recovered by the Cincinnati kid. Sam Hubbard takes it back 98 yards for the Cincinnati Bengals. A 98-yard fumble return touchdown that was the ultimate game winner. Sam Hubbard has played his entire football career in the state of Ohio Archbishop Miller High School there in Cincinnati he goes to Ohio State drafted by the Bengals in the third round in the 2018 NFL draft he has played his entire professional career in Cincinnati that 98 yard touchdown return on the fumble at the goal line from Tyler Huntley attempting attempting the QB sneak was the longest ever fumble return touchdown in the history of the NFL playoffs. And again, when you look at the game last night, the Bengals just barely under their team total of 24 points. It wasn't the greatest offensive showing for Cincinnati because the Ravens would maintain very, very long drives that kept the ball out of Joe Burrow's hands leading that Bengals offense. They go under their pre-game team total by the hook. The Ravens go over but only finished with 17 points. In the seven games now, at least the seven with a good majority without Lamar Jackson, the Ravens have only scored 17 or less points. Now the summer of Lamar continues for Baltimore in this offseason. A welcome to our Sports Grid radio audience here. The opening hour of a Monday live right here on the morning after. Sirius XM channel 159. All of our terrestrial radio affiliates now in the fold as well. I am Ben Stevens super wild card weekend a triple header on Sunday capped off in Cincinnati between the Bengals and the Ravens In the critical point of the football game early in the fourth quarter Tyler Huntley attempts a quarterback sneak the ball is knocked out of his hands as he tries to dive over jumping over the line and Sam Hubbard. The Cincinnati kid for the Bengals takes it back the other way, 98 yards on the fumble return touchdown. That would be the game winner, 24-17, to 17, since he does not cover as a pregame eight-and-a-half point favorite. It also came down to the final possession for Baltimore. They got the football back, great starting field position. They had multiple timeouts, and John Harbaugh decided to keep those timeouts the ravens end the game with one timeout to spare and as they were driving they let precious seconds tick off the clock tyler huntley threw one up into the end zone it was batted around james proche had an opportunity to catch the game winning or at least game tying hail mary before the ball fell aimlessly to the ground when you look at the prop perspective for last night on a sunday in cincinnati again the offensive numbers for cincy Not all that outstanding because they didn't possess the ball all that much throughout the football game. Joe Burrow well under his passing yards prop, finishing with just 209. Joe Mixon under both of his rushing and receiving yards props. Jamar Chase did go over, finishing with 80. For receiving yards on 12 targets last night the story for the ravens as we expected because of tyler huntley getting the start at quarterback was going to be the ravens ground attack they finish with 155 as a team jk dobbins 62 gus edwards 39 tyler huntley himself added 54 yards on the ground both of those running backs for baltimore going over the number so Cincinnati survives they win by seven at home they do not cover as an eight and a half point favorite but it sets up the divisional round game we have all been waiting for Sunday afternoon in Buffalo 3 p.m eastern time the kick it is the Bills and the Bengals right now Buffalo a four point home favorite we'll look at the rest of the AFC as the divisional round picture is set in that conference up next live right here on the morning app
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering: real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: They call it Super Wild Card Weekend for a reason. Both Super and Wild certainly on display in the second of two on a Saturday night in Duval County. Welcome back to a Monday morning, live right here on the morning after on Sports Grid in Sirius XM, Channel 159. If it is football season, especially now into the playoffs, and it is a Monday morning, live right here on TMA, that means our Monday morning armchair quarterback, Donnie Wright's side is now in the mix. DRS, we welcome you onto the show, live right here on this Monday on the morning after Donnie how was your weekend certainly that Saturday night football game in Jacksonville
2: I mean when you're talking about people that are loving to bet props and particularly to the over could it have been a better super car super wild card weekend than what we showed I don't think so and that's why I'm energized to be on the morning after with you this morning Ben let's go
1: DRS, we are very glad to have you here. As you mentioned, all five games that we have seen so far, of the six that we have in the opening round of the playoffs, hitting the over, including the game with the second highest total of the weekend, a wild Saturday night in Jacksonville, Florida. Things get off the rails in Florida quite often. We saw that in Jacksonville on Saturday between the Chargers and the Jaguars. Now, L.A. was booked as a pregame two and a half favorite that second highest total of the weekend was 47 and a half drs many like you probably out there on saturday had this game on the chargers are blowing out the jags you maybe do something else with your saturday night maybe you fall asleep you're starting to doze off the chargers up 27 nothing under five minutes left in the opening half yes the jaguars scored before the break 27 7 who cares right well jacksonville cared because the jaguars come all the way back The third largest comeback in the NFL playoff history to pull off a 31-30 victory over the Chargers. As two and a half point underdogs, the Jaguars win outright. On their final five possessions of the football game, DRS, all four in the second half. Their final in the opening half, the Jaguars score four touchdowns in a game-winning field goal from riley patterson a 36 yarder gives jacksonville the 31 30 victory but drs will dive into this game because there is so much and i mean so much to break down from this contest on saturday night
2: how about just four hours of narratives here from Saturday night? Man, maybe Staley is a pretty good coach. Ooh, Herbert's going to get that victory on the road in the playoffs. And my goodness, why did we actually draft Trevor Lawrence in the biggest moments? He just can't compete anymore to the second half. Wow. Trevor Lawrence is a franchise guy. And how quickly can the the uh, San Diego, excuse me, the uh, Chargers fire their head football coach for being ridiculous over the past week and a half with playing starters, not being able to capitalize. First off, Ben. It's 27 to nothing. You should be able to take a knee for the rest of the game and still have that what? uh, Winning percentage at 97% throughout the next part of the second half.
1: Ridiculousness stuff on the field here. And it all starts with the Chargers. It really does. D.R.S., it doesn't matter if it's San Diego or Los Angeles because what we saw on Saturday night has been a theme for the Chargers organization as long as we can remember. There is a reason it is known as Chargering. Because when you're up, and it seemingly can't happen this time, right? No more heartbreaking defeats. It still happens for the Bolts. Up 27-0. Under five minutes remaining in the opening half. A 27-7 lead at the break. And DRS, you mentioned Brandon Staley, a guy that in his two years in Los Angeles has been known for being an aggressive play caller at that head coaching position. Decides to kick a field goal. Under eight minutes, when it was fourth and short for the Chargers deep in Jacksonville territory. Normally, that's a decision Brandon Staley goes for. He kicks the field goal. Cameron Dicker, the kicker, misses it, opening the door even more. But it was fourth and short for Jacksonville DRS and a head coach with a ton of postseason pedigree in Doug Peterson that ended up being the ultimate moment of the game. Fourth and one on the Chargers' 41 yard line. They line up in T formation. Old-school football, and they give the ball to Travis Etienne, who breaks off a 25-yard run down to the Chargers' 16-yard line that ultimately results in that Riley Patterson 36-yard game-winning field goal. In DRS, we showed you the quarterback comparison. The best Lechuga battle you will see between two young signal callers in the National Football League. Justin Herbert under his passing yards prop, Trevor Lawrence over his, but DRS, the story for Trevor Lawrence wasn't the 288 in terms of passing yards. It was the four, yes, four first-half interceptions that resulted in 17 Los Angeles points to only bounce back with four passing touchdowns in those four consecutive drives, the final in the opening half in the first three for the Jaguars in the second half that resulted in a victory. You talk about a comeback, not only Jacksonville DRS, but Trevor Lawrence at that quarterback spot. It's amazing, amazing. I mean, Imagine this. Like I just told you before the game, Ben, the Jaguars are going to tr- turn the
2: football over five times. The Chargers, uh-huh. zero times. And also, when you take a look here at the Jacksonville Jaguars, they were 2 of 10 on third down, and they won this football game. It's a statistical anomaly here how that actually took place, and quite frankly, a lot of calamity of errors have to come back, but also a quarterback that doesn't get down, a head coach that still believes in his team. A team, Ben, how about this novel idea? Fresh in the second second half as opposed to playing your starters four quarters in a meaningless game Mm. on the road in Denver in elevation flying back to LA then flying across the country on a short work week who's surprised that they scored three points in the second half maybe Brandon Staley they were out of gas because they shouldn't have been playing the week before
1: Keenan Allen six grabs 61 yards but on that box score you will not see Mike Williams of course he was ruled out Mm. for that football game injured in the regular season finale Mm. That was meaningless for the chargers now brandon staley's future in los angeles very much up in the air jacksonville wins outright at home as a two and a half point underdog the jags are eight and five against the number this year drs all eight of those covers outright victories which is what they will look to do on the road for the first game up in the divisional round this upcoming weekend saturday afternoon 4 30 p.m eastern time to kick inside arrowhead against the top seed in the afc the kansas city chiefs kc booked as an eight and a half point favorite drs kansas city was a nine and a half point favorite back in week number 10 at home against the jaguars they covered in that football game 27 17 like we saw throughout super wild card weekend at least a ton in the divisional round as well a rematch like we saw at least one point throughout the regular season. Elsewhere in the AFC, DRS, we showed it at the top of the show. The Bengals will head to Buffalo to take on the Bills. It's what we expected. Since he was an eight and a half point favorite, at least to win the game outright. Seemed all but a certainty, but it was tight last night in Cincy. It was very competitive in Western New York in the first of three yesterday, DRS, between the Bills and the Dolphins. A divisional rivalry. It so happens that when you play a team three times a year they're often familiar with what you try to do but buffalo holds on and survives with a 35 31 victory they do not cover as a 13 and a half point favorite the total of 43 and a half goes over and drs it was almost a similar script to what we saw in jacksonville late on a saturday night buffalo led 17 nothing midway through the second quarter and then the Dolphins fought back. They had a lead early on in the second half before Bolt, uh, Buffalo, excuse me, ultimately prevails with that 34-31 victory.
2: Yeah, Thompson, a quarterback, obviously a third-string guy, not ready for prime time, but kept them in it. And how about this? Jalen Waddle, catch a pass. Catch a pass. Tyreek Hill, catch a pass over the middle. Mike Gusecki, catch a pass over the middle. Try to help the young signal caller out, but I got to tell you this. The Buffalo Bills, lucky they played the Miami Dolphins. I mean, come on. They only gave up 231 yards on defense and 31 total points. If you have these errors, Ben, against an elite football team in the AFC, the Buffalo Bills aren't going any further than next week if that happens.
1: You can see the turnovers there. Two interceptions for Josh Allen, a strip sack early on in that second half that was returned by the Dolphins. That gave Miami the 24-20 lead at that time. Skyler Thompson making the biggest start of his football life. Two interceptions. Wasn't terrible. 18 of 45, 220 yards and a touchdown. But what was truly terrible, DRS, was the clock management. Not the game clock. The play clock. Late there in the fourth quarter. Fourth and one for the Dolphins. They take a delay of game penalty under two minutes. It moves the football back. They don't convert on fourth down. We'll look at the AFC and the big picture before we dive into the NFC. Up next, live right here on the Morning End. super wild card weekend for the afc is now in the books we know what the divisional round looks like this upcoming weekend the second leg of the nfl postseason back here live on a monday on the morning after on sports grid i'm ben stevens he is donnie Wrightside. back for a second straight segment a couple of closing thoughts drs on the afc in what transpired yesterday in western new york before we turn our attention to the nfc we were saying it right before the break Two rookies in two very big spots, one at the quarterback position, the other as the head coach for the Dolphins. And it showed a little bit yesterday at the end because of Skylar Thompson being out there for Miami and the rookie head coach in Mike McDaniel. At the end of the football game, the Dolphins had an opportunity to go down and tie or maybe even take the lead for the potential victory in the upset over Buffalo some interesting clock management, the play clock, and the delay of game that ultimately harmed the Finns. Unable to convert, Buffalo holds on for the 34 31 victory. DRS, what was your assessment of those two rookies yesterday and Skylar Thompson and Mike McDaniel as the head coach that ultimately cost Miami the football game?
2: Yeah, if we're just reading box scores, right, Ben? You say to yourself, 34 31. Wow, man, that was a 14 point spread. Boy, credit the head coach and the young quarterback for doing right. their job. But sometimes you have to get a little bit of a deeper look at this thing here. And you're talking about a young quarterback in Skylar Thompson. We didn't expect much from But also, if you're a head coach, you got to put him in the best possible position to succeed. Now, maybe some of the wide receivers should have caught some passes. I get it. But it's just about having to – if this was my first game in the NFL and I was really nervous and I couldn't get the plays out and that's why we were getting up to the line of scrimmage talking about the quarterback, that's one thing but this coach has been calling plays now through 18 weeks of a season now into the playoffs and a quarterback that has started some games in the NFL. There's no reason why you are struggling to get play calls out in the easiest of spots. And I know everybody's just going to point to that final play where you took a delay game on fourth and about a foot and then you ended up with that fourth and five. You didn't convert, but if you looked all the way through Ben coming up to the line of scrimmage straight, if anybody has played football defense or offense, when you're a quarterback, you get the play call and you break the huddle about 15 seconds. You line up with 10 seconds. You survey the defense. You get comfortable, maybe you can audible. Maybe you like the look here, but also the defense doesn't get the jump to jump the snap. Ben, how many times did the Miami Dolphins yeah. break the huddle like five or six seconds run up and have to snap the football. Don't make any adjustments and the defense is allowed to prey on you at that point. It was terrible game day management by McDaniel in that game, Ben, for sure.
1: DRS, the reason they had to take the delay of game in that critical juncture on the fourth in short is because they burned their final timeout because of a potential delay of game with over four minutes left in regulation. Mike McDaniel in his opening year in Miami, many exciting play calls for that offense, but one ultimate one that cost the Dolphins an opportunity to tie or maybe even win the football game, pulling off a huge upset in Buffalo, two interceptions for Skylar Thompson, two interceptions for Josh Allen, but over 350 yards and three TEs, both Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis over 110 yards. So Buffalo will host Cincinnati on Sunday afternoon. They're a four-point favorite. Kansas City will host Jacksonville inside Arrowhead. The Chiefs, an eight and a half point favorite now off the bye. Kansas City, the slight favorite to win the AFC title, plus one forty-five. DRS plus one seventy-five for Buffalo and Cincy at plus three fifty. Jacksonville rounds out the four at four at 13 to 1 rather. So DRS, you look at the four remaining teams in the AFC, where might the value be when you look at the AFC championship market?
2: I mean, I was all bangled up for a long time, and I know you can't just play, you know, Monday morning quarterback and say, oh, they didn't play so well, so I don't like them moving forward, which is exactly what I'm actually going to do right now. But if we are looking for a bonus bump for the Buffalo Bills, I didn't get that there from the game against the Miami Dolphins. If I was looking for a bump there for the Bengals against the Ravens, I didn't get that. Two teams that were market favorites that sort of put their opponents away were struggling in order to do that and, quite frankly, had legitimate chances to lose. I guess the biggest one here, if you're looking at the Chiefs at a plus 145, they didn't play, Ben? but it feels like they were the biggest winner yesterday for me in the afc
1: buffalo not necessarily impressive a 13 and a half point favorite they win 34 31 cincinnati the same story an eight and a half point favorite they only win by a touchdown but baltimore certainly had their opportunities as well now we go to the nfc single score football games the story of the year for both the giants and the vikings and what do we see In their playoff game against one another in the Twin Cities yesterday afternoon, a single-score football game. The Giants pull off the upset on the road in Minneapolis 31-24, winning outright DRS as a a two-and-a-half-point underdog, and like we have shared the highest total of the weekend. This one closing at 48 points still goes over between the Giants and the Vikings. We'll focus on Daniel Jones in the great game that he had for Brian Dayball and company, But DRS, again, storylines throughout the season expressed on the final series for these football teams. The Minnesota Vikings get the football back with an opportunity to go down the field and tie the game. 31-24, closing minute of regulation. On 4th and eight. Kirk Cousins, instead of going beyond the sticks throws a three-yard out route to TJ Hawkinson in man coverage that has absolutely no chance of becoming a first down. The Vikings season ends as such. DRS, in those interesting spots, we see players either step up or falter, and that was the story for Kirk and the Vikings yesterday. Now 11-1 in in one-score games this year.
2: Yes, and also take a look at the coached football teams between them two. I love Brian Dable. I think he's the coach of the year at this point. I know voting ends after the regular season, but that's just another notch, certainly in his belt. But also, let's take a look at some of those fourth-quarter plays, right? Because you're right. You can live with this. If Kirk Cousins on that fourth-down play pushed it downfield 20 yards, ball was tipped for an interception, ah, gave it your best shot. But the minute he dumps it off to Hawkins, and the game was over at that point, you can't make that play. I'd rather see my quarterback try to hold the ball an extra second and get sacked in the pocket than throw that three-yard out which had zero chance of getting the first down but also there were a couple instances in the fourth quarter of well-coached football teams. You saw the driving of the football for the Minnesota Vikings down three points against the New York Giants, a fourth and about an inch. Quarterback sneak first down, called back because of procedural penalty. You also had two quarterback sneaks in the fourth quarter by the Giants that actually worked and also in high leverage situations. Some teams made some plays as of the Giants. Other teams like the Vikings did enough, didn't make enough good plays. And also, did anybody have the Vikings? We all love the Giants without the points. Yeah. And they won out right here, Ben.
1: As a two and a half point underdog. Speaking of making plays both with his arm and his legs, Danny dimes and legs yesterday. 38 and a hook. His rushing yards prop. He finishes with a career high 78 or at least in the postseason when he needed it the most 24 of 35 301 passing yards and two passing scores a huge day for daniel jones the giants did not pick up his fifth year option on his rookie dual deal entering the 2022 campaign what will joe shane and brian dayball decide to do with daniel jones at the end of this year the giants The best cover team in the national football league 14 and 4 now against the spread 11 and 2 ats as an underdog seven of them outright including yesterday in minneapolis when you look at the giants it is brian dayball who has led this turnaround he should be the national football league coach of the year it sets up a divisional game in the divisional round an nfc east rivalry in philadelphia drs between the eagles and the giants this football game will be played on saturday night when you look at philly and new york the eagles swept the season series including a week 18 victory drs where the giants played their third stringers the eagles needed the game to win and they did ultimately win but came nowhere close to covering as a 16 and a half point favorite the birds though drs the early look a touchdown favorite at home for saturday night at the link yeah, it makes
2: some sense, too. It looks like the weather should be cooperating about mid-40s there. No rain in the forecast, light winds. Now, granted, we still have a long way to go there, but I do think it's right here where that game sits around a touchdown. The total 47 and a half actually rose. It opened last night at the FanDuel Sportsbook at that 45 and a half, so people are expecting points, and rightfully so. The yep. Eagles went right, and Jalen Hurts is healthy, which the Eagles hope he will be. They should be able to move the football, but also, let's take a look down the stretch at what the actual Giants have been doing on offense. Moving the football credit, Mike Kafka, the offensive coordinator, and Brian Dable, who, again, yep. one of the better head coaches in the nfl they got this team moving in the right direction should be a fun one in south philadelphia
1: not just the regular season finale but late in the season as well week number 14 in MetLife, Mm -hmm. the eagles booked as a touchdown road favorite win big 48 22 253 rushing yards in that game against big blue and the new york giants the first game up of super wild card weekend drs was really the only one that wasn't ultimately competitive late into the second half it was in the opening half in Santa Clara between the Niners and the Seahawks but then San Francisco went on a route 25 unanswered to start off the second half and the Niners win their 11th straight football game sweeping the season series all three victories against their divisional foe in Seattle 41 23 a total of 42 and a half drs that went way over and the niners cover as a nine and a half point favorite drs your main takeaway from the niners and seahawks in the first game up on saturday afternoon
2: Some people say in order to win a Super Bowl, you have to be playing your best football at the end of the season. That's exactly what the San Francisco 49ers are doing. No longer can you call Brock Purdy an effective rookie at this point. He's a rookie in name, but certainly playing in big spots. What's next? Oh, he can't win on the road. Okay, he's done that. He can't win a playoff game. He's done that and threw for 332 yards and a three-touchdown performance with no turnovers. And also there, mind you, ran the football in also. The 49ers are a hot football team right now, and it looks like they're going to continue to stay up. 41 points there. Goodness.
1: Mr. Irrelevant No More, 332 passing yards, four total touchdowns, matching the career postseason touchdown mark of one Jimmy Garoppolo. Brock Purdy is proving himself each and every step of the way. Six of seven games now, DRS, with Brock Purdy fully in there for San Francisco. They have scored 33 or more points well look at what the Niners did to end out the route against Seattle and what it sets up for the divisional round with one final game in super wild card weekend as the Niners await the winner of tonight's football game on a Monday in Tampa Bay between the Buccaneers and the Cowboys all of that coming your way next live right here on the morning after on Sports Grid. come back and join us Of Super Wild Card Weekend tonight in Tampa Bay between the Buccaneers and the Cowboys. A full blown preview and breakdown coming your way. The winner of that football game advances to the divisional round in a matchup on Sunday night in Santa Clara against the San Francisco 49ers. Welcome back to a Monday live right here on the morning after. I'm Ben Stevens. He is Donnie Wrightside, our Monday morning armchair quarterback back for a third consecutive segment drs a couple of closing thoughts on the niners route of the seattle seahawks again a football game that was close and competitive in the opening half the seahawks had a 17 16 lead at the halftime break before san francisco scores 25 unanswered points and pulls away for a 41-23 victory easily covering as a nine and a half point favorite in DRS when you look at the stat line there of one Brock Purdy a lot of credit will be given his way and rightfully so but he plays in a Kyle Shanahan offense with two of the most dynamic playmakers in all of the sport Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel And we saw that in a big way on Saturday. CMC going over his rushing yards prop of 78 and a hook with 119 on the ground. Debo Samuel returning to the offense for the Niners, 45 and a half that receiving yards number, finishing with a buck 33. Debo also ran at DRS for 32 yards on the ground. Christian McCaffrey had 17 receiving yards, the two combined for 301 yards from the line of scrimmage when you have these two guys with the offensive mind that is shanahan orchestrating the entire system it certainly sets up brock purdy for success It
2: really does, and if you want to have a paint-by-numbers offense where you can just step in and be an accurate quarterback regardless of how long you've been in the NFL, this is your offense. What's not to like? Two dominant wide receivers, one of the best tight ends in football, an elite offensive line, and like 15 running backs, it seems like, Ben. You can run out at any time to dominate. And, oh, yeah, did we mention – The moment Christian McCaffrey came over to the 49ers via a trade from the Panthers, they haven't lost a single football game there. Things are trending in the right direction for the 49ers. If they can stay healthy, they're as scary as anybody. Maybe along with the Philadelphia Eagles, Ben, the two most talented rosters top to bottom in the entire league.
1: Ten consecutive wins for the Niners to end out the regular season. Now make that 11. They sweep the Seattle Seahawks in the season series, covering in all three, As a favorite. So, five teams still remaining in the NFC postseason. Of course, that will dwindle down to four after the result tonight on a Monday in Tampa Bay. The Eagles, the number one seed, who will host the New York Giants as a seven point home favorite in Philly on Saturday night. The favorites to win the NFC at plus 150. But a very short gap there, DRS, between the Birds and the Niners, plus 150 for Philly plus 170 for san francisco as the odds indicate drs the nfc seems like a toss-up for that top spot how do you evaluate the prices at the moment yeah i still think the eagles are the
2: favorite maybe a little bit light at plus 150 because the eagles keep winning let's just say beat the giants who they're favored to do they will host the nfc championship game in their own building and let's also take a look at what happened this weekend in super Wildcard weekend ben because if you're trying to line up these games here The Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, to me, a little bit more upside than the Giants. So you said, Donnie, where does that play into it? Well, the Philadelphia Eagles now get the New York Giants as opposed to playing the Dallas Cowboys, and therefore the 49ers, instead of getting the Minnesota Vikings, which they probably would have gotten, probably just walked all over them, maybe get a tougher test out of, let's just say, if the Dallas Cowboys win tonight against the Buccaneers. So maybe a little bit of an advantage heading into the divisional round for the Philadelphia Eagles as well.
1: Either of those two prices, DRS, for the Cowboys to win the conference overall at plus 550 right now or the Bucks at 10-1, to 1, they are going to be slashed by a pretty hefty number yeah. if they advance and win tonight. Whoever wins in Tampa Bay. The team victorious tonight hits the road. Upcoming weekend on Sunday night or the Sunday late game around a 6.30 p.m. Eastern time kick in Santa Clara to take on the Niners. San Francisco will be a favorite, but what will that number look like? Because tonight, it's the Cowboys in the Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. Dallas, as of right now, DRS, a two-and-a-half-point road favorite. The over stands at 45-and-a-half. Over the span of the last two years, DRS, the Buccaneers have only been booked as an underdog three times, all three of those times coming this year. 0-3 against the number as an underdog, not covering by an average margin of 13 points per game. But it makes sense to have the Buccaneers when you look at 2022 as the underdog, even at home tonight. DRS, you see that spread at two and a half points. The over-under, 45 and a half. What do the odds indicate to you about the outcome of tonight's football game?
2: Yeah, the odds sometimes point you in the right direction. The Dallas Cowboys on the road in a playoff scenario are favored here, which should let you know that the Dallas Cowboys obviously have a legitimate chance to win this game outright, and I do believe they will. I laid the minus two and a half points midway through last week because it was simple to me. Obviously, it's Tom Brady. If you're betting Tampa Bay just because of Tom Brady, that's probably not 2005 Tom Brady. He's getting a little bit up there in age, can't move around. But the one thing I just needed to see – Give me anybody, any team with a positive pass rush to get after the Bucs and I will take them. The Dallas Cowboys, according to Pro Football Focus, been number two in the NFL and defensive pass rush, they are going to be collapsing that pocket all night long against Tom Brady, who, quite frankly, can't get away anymore. The handicap for me is just that simple. Win the line of
1: scrimmage, win the game. Dallas will do that. The healthier offensive line right now is getting that for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as they do get a little bit healthier here. DRS, it's such an interesting game for me. It's been the breakdown that I've shared all week long when we knew this was going to be the football game, but really in the last three weeks, of the NFL regular season. We had an idea that if the Buccaneers clinched the NFC South, a porous division, they would host as the four seed. And it was trending, unless some crazy things happened down the stretch, for the Cowboys to be that top overall wild card seed in the five spot in the NFC. So we started to get this idea of the Cowboys and the Buccaneers, Dallas versus Tom Brady. You see the numbers once again. Let's bring back up that graphic because from 2022's standpoint and you look at these football teams dallas should be favored a 12 and 5 football team top five in scoring both when you look at their offensive numbers and their defensive scoring unit the buccaneers are a below 500 football team took advantage of a bad nfc south but didn't even make that look easy dramatic fourth quarter comebacks needed out of tom brady in his 23rd nfl season a team that ranks in the bottom 10 from a scoring offensive perspective and a defense that frankly drs has regressed throughout the regular season but then you look at 2022 and compare that to history and what the track record would say in the postseason tom brady entered the national football league in the year 2000. He has spent more of his life now playing in the National Football League than not playing in the NFL for Tom Brady. DRS a 35 and 12 playoff record, including a record seven Super Bowl victories. This is his third postseason now with Tampa Bay, the Dallas Cowboys since the time that Tom Brady entered the postseason in the year 2000. Just three and eight in the playoffs, one in three in their last four postseason games so DRS how do you weigh that 2022 evaluation versus the history we have in store tonight in Tampa Bay
2: Yeah, it's hard because the Dallas Cowboys over the past like twenty-five years haven't done much, very much winning on the road, particularly even in any playoff environment, whether it be home or away. You have to take that off because it's a different football team, different head coaches, and different circumstances. I think this is the perfect matchup for the Dallas Cowboys. Now, also, Ben, when you try to like even lay it out even more. They haven't played that well in grass, talking about the Dallas Cowboys. So there are some things that are always going to be a negative, and rightfully so. The Dallas Cowboys won a lot of football games this year, but they're still on the road in their first playoff game because they weren't as good as the Philadelphia Eagles in order to win the division and be at home. So there are some deterrents here, but I just keep it simple to myself. I don't want to say all year long I can't wait till the Buccaneers get to the playoffs to fade them because they can't block anybody, and Tom Brady's a shell of his former self. And then go ahead and back the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just because of the way the Dallas Cowboys played to end the season against the commanders i won't do that if i think that pass rush is going to get home that's winning and that's half of the battle right there and i think the dallas cowboys can do that so even though prior performances don't really register in for me i'm still going to go on a one-off game and i think the dallas cowboys are the better football
1: team here ben it's such a good point drs we try to share often hey trust the numbers the numbers will indicate where you want to go and what is the right side don't use narratives in your handicapping for the fair majority of what you do but It's still a difficult thing to look at Tom Brady in an NFL playoff game. And until it happens with our own two eyes, because it really hasn't at this point that Tom himself has faltered in the postseason, it's tough to trust. When you look at the numbers for Tom Brady this evening, 275 and a half, is the passing yards prop an attempts prop of 42 and a half 27 and a half for his completions number drs the reason we bring that up is because he broke his own nfl record of last year this year with the most ever completions for a single season why the bucks throw it on nearly 67 percent of their plays it is the highest clip in the national football league over the last two years so if the buccaneers drs are to have success tonight and maybe we even win outright as a two and a half point underdog what is the expectation level of one tom brady
2: Yeah, and you take a look at those bets that you had, the props that you had up there right now. I think the best one overall for me is just the passing attempts. I don't care if they hit home. I don't care if he throws three touchdown passes. I don't care if he throws for 280 yards. He's going to be dropping back left and right because, normally, what would you say? Hey, look at this. If you're an offensive coordinator, that's a devastating pass rush. We don't block all that well. Let's protect Tom Brady, double tight end sets, and run the football. Tampa can't run the football. They have no will to run the football here. So their only pathway forward to victory for the Buccaneers is throwing, throwing, and more throwing. And if I think the Dallas Cowboys will win the game you know what that means you're probably down in the fourth quarter how many times have you seen Tom Brady down double digits in the fourth quarter throwing it all over the lot I like the passing attempts to the over tonight Ben I really do
1: 42 and a half is a very 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 large number when it comes to that attempts prop category but it's a number that yeah. Tom Brady in 16 full games this year he didn't really play all that much in the regular season finale against the Falcons averaged 44.8 Passing attempts per game. He went over 42.5 in the final six of the regular season for Tampa Bay. On the other side, it is Dak Prescott. Just one playoff victory to Dak's credit so far in his NFL career. 15 interceptions in 12 games for Dak, including seven consecutive games to end out the regular season. DRS, you mentioned the pass rush of the Cowboys' defensive front getting to Tom Brady and that Buccaneers' offensive line. When you look at the Cowboys offensively, whether it's Dak or the two-headed attack of Zeke and Tony Pollard in the backfield, where's your focus offensively for Dallas?
2: Yeah, focus offensively is, is going to be those two horses in the backfield here. Yeah. Also, if you're looking to bet that market for any time touchdown, you're getting plus numbers on both sides here. Zeke Elliott scores in damn near every single game he plays. This is a plus 115, and Pollard is up close to 2-1, to one, I believe, at a plus 190 price. That's the way I'm looking for them. You control the football if you can control the line of scrimmage and the ground game, which then works off a play-action pass, CD Lamb deep. I think the offense is intact for the Dallas Cowboys should work, where I think the the little disjointedness, I should say, of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that's going to be their downfall.
1: The defense for Tampa has regressed just a little bit here down the home stretch of the regular season. I know we talked a ton about Tampa Bay throwing the football again, 67% of their plays pretty much through the air, 73% at home, by far the highest clip in the National Football League, but they call them playoff Lenny for a reason in 38 and a half is a very very low number for his rushing yards prop i'll look at that drs a little bit later on maybe for a best bet to end out the show donnie right side as always we appreciate you playing monday morning armchair quarterback especially throughout the playoffs donnie thank you so much for your time awesome love being here ben good times We love having you as well, DRS. DRS, and of course, his co-host, Kevin Walsh, each and every morning on the early line, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern time. We round out this opening hour by hearing from you. The Fade the Public what is up next. Rounding out this opening hour of the opening day of a new week live right here on the morning after it is a Monday thank you for joining us Sirius XM channel 159 that is the home for sports grid radio on Sirius XM all across the sports grid network I am Ben Stevens a triple header on Sunday in the National Football League five of the six super wild card weekend matchups have now been decided one final game on this monday to wrap up the opening round of the nfl postseason as the divisional round waits on the horizon next weekend of the three games that we saw yesterday whose victory was most impressive i have an idea of where the public is going to go but between the bills the giants and the Bengals, who impressed you the most we find out and fade the public And, yep, pretty decisive. The New York Giants, 88% of the vote for whose playoff victory from Sunday was the most impressive between Buffalo, New York, and Cincinnati. 88% going with Brian Dayball and Big Blue. It makes sense. The Giants went on the road. The only road team that we have seen so far in Super Wild Card Weekend pick up a victory. Booked as a two-and-a-half-point underdog, they beat the Vikings outright 31 24 the other two teams you see there buffalo and cincinnati both north of a touchdown favorite buffalo nearly a two touchdown favorite survives winning by three the Bengals win by a touchdown but baltimore and miami really both had huge opportunities down the home stretch of regulation neither covering the number booked as hefty favorites so the giants get the nod from the public the giants have been performing well against the number all year long 14-4 14-4 now against the spread. Ending out the regular season, 13-4 ATS, the best cover percentage in the National Football League. And now, 11-2 and two against the number as in underdog. Seven of those 11 outright victories. Hour number two of the morning after is up next. On the other side of the break, and a Sports Grid News update from Alex Vascon.